0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 29th of March, 2022, and this is episode 564 of Bitcoin. And we want to welcome into the world a brand new Bitcoiner by the name of Stoney Jr. Well, that may not actually be his real name. This is uh, Stony Bitson's son, he was just born apparently six hours ago, something like that, <coughs> or that's when he tweeted. And uh, Stoney <coughs> Stony Bitson, uh, his, uh, like many of us, his Twitter account got uh, deleted by Twitter themselves for probably saying the truth of something. So he is now at Ghost of Stoney, and Ghost of Stoney says, Stoney Jr. was born block height 729488. He's officially a slush pool, baby. Nine pounds, seven ounces, 21.5 inches long, delivered at home, 100% natural. Thank you, Plebs, for all the thoughts, prayers, and comments. It meant a lot to me and my wife, and indeed, Indeed, he's got a screenshot of, or he's got a picture of his new baby, and he's got a screenshot of block 729484, which was time stamped uh, today, March the 28th, 2022, at 20 hours and 23 minutes. I guess that's UTC time. Uh, the size of that block was 1.4 megabytes. The weight was 3.99 MWU. Total fees was 0. 0.09 BTC, or about $4,500, and the subsidy plus the fees on that block uh, totaled out to $302,123. And indeed, it was mined by Slushpool. So this gives us kind of a fascinating way uh, to think about babies that are, you know, being born. He's a slush pool baby. He was born when a block was mined by slush pool. Yeah, I know. It seems it, maybe it's silly. And, and certainly to a normie, that's going to be really silly because all kinds of stuff happened at that exact same time. And, but you know, you're a Bitcoiner. You know, you're a Bitcoiner <laughs> when, you, when you're using block height to uh, register uh, the birth of your brand new son. Congratulations, Stony. Stoney. It looks like you got a nice little Bitcoiner uh, <clears throat> uh, there right now. So uh, good job. Good job, dude. Now, if you want to support this show, you can do it with Podcasting 2.0. If you have to know, you can always go to oh one of the many Podcasting 2.0 apps. My favorite right now is the Fountain app. You can also use the Breeze wallet and you can uh, do it through, oh, what else? There's a there's actually like, I think there's about 20 podcasting 2.0 enabled apps right now. And they all come with a lightning wallet. And that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is you just get pick up a, a podcasting 2.0 app, look for Bitcoin and <clears throat> subscribe to it and start listening to shows and load up that wallet with some Satoshis and you can stream it to me. You don't have to do anything else. The guys over at podcasting 2.0 took care of how to get the sats to me, and it's embedded in that RSS feed, and you ain't got to do nothing to do it. And if you don't want to do that, you can always support me on Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash slash, uh, Bitcoin and podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and podcast. Now, the news. Let's get into it. MicroStrategy has a subsidiary called MacroStrategy, LLC. And that subsidiary has apparently taken out a loan of $205 million from a bank to buy Bitcoin. They literally are collateralizing the Bitcoin that they already own on this loan so that they can buy more Bitcoin. And the bank did it. And it's not just any bank. Let's get into this one. I'm gonna just read you the press release. Um, Microstrategy, this is uh, www.microstrategy.com, and this is their Investor Relations page. Uh, From, yeah, March the 29th, 2022, Silvergate Bank, a subsidiary of Silvergate Capital Corporation, the leading provider of innovative financial infrastructure solutions and services for the growing digital industry, today announced It had issued a $205 million term loan under its Silvergate Exchange Network leverage program to MacroStrategy LLC, a subsidiary of MicroStrategy Incorporated, which is the largest independent publicly traded analytics and business intelligence company. The interest only term loan is secured by certain Bitcoin held in Macrostrategy's collateral account with the custodian mutually authorized by Silvergate and Macrostrategy. Under the terms of the agreement, Macrostrategy will use the loan proceeds to purchase Bitcoin to pay fees, interest, and expenses related to the loan transaction or for microstrategy's or microstrategy's general corporate purposes. Quote, We're thrilled to add MicroStrategy to our growing list of SEN Leverage borrowers, said Alan Lane, Chief Executive Officer of Silvergate. The innovative approach to treasury management is an exceptional example of how institutions could utilize their Bitcoin to support and grow their businesses, end quote. SEN Leverage, which launched in 2020, provides secure institutional grade access to capital through United States dollar loans collateralized by Bitcoin. As of December 31st, 2021, SEN leverage had grown to approximately $570.5 million in commitments, demonstrating the increased need for access to capital in the digital currency industry. Quote, the SEN (coughs) leverage loan gives us the opportunity to further our position as the leading public company investor in Bitcoin, said Michael Saylor, chairman and chief executive officer of MicroStrategy. Using the capital from the loan, we've effectively turned our Bitcoin into productive collateral, which allows us to further execute against our business strategy. So again, MicroStrategy's subsidiary MacroStrategy has taken out a $205 million loan collateralized against Bitcoin to buy more Bitcoin. That's what Michael Saylor said he's going to do with it in a in a tweet that came out this morning that had this particular uh, press release attached to it. Um, I, I don't see how, I, I just don't see how you can get much more bullish than this. I I, I just, I really don't. Unless you're in Canada and you've got Pierre Puyavar, I can't pronounce his name, there's no hope. Anyway, he's a conservative candidate for prime minister, and he recently spoke about supporting Bitcoin while he was on the campaign trail. Here it is from Sean Amick out of Bitcoin Magazine. As Bitcoin is becoming a rising tide in politics, Pierre, conservative party candidate for prime minister of and current member of Parliament of Canada, is seeking to gain favor in the Bitcoin and broader cryptocurrency space, as reported by CBC News. Quote, Government is ruining the Canadian dollar, so Canadians should have the freedom to use other money, such as Bitcoin, he reportedly said on Monday. This sentiment is not uniquely Canadian, as many citizens across the world have taken to heavy critique of the arbitrary practice of quantitative easing, a practice by which central authorities artificially inflate the the money supply to solve their problems. Quote, $400 billion in cash out of thin air, Pierre reportedly recounts, to a crowd in front of, you're gonna love it, Tahini's, a shawarma shop in London, Ontario that accepts Bitcoin as payment. This same shop later did an interview discussing why not only do they accept Bitcoin, but also hold it on their balance sheet as a hedge against inflation. Quote, choice and competition can give Canadians better money and financial products. Not only that, but it can also let Canadians opt out of inflation, With the ability to opt into cryptocurrencies, said Pierre. It's time for Canadians to take back control of their money and their lives by making Canada the freest country on earth. Pierre says he means to ensure the continued allowance of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies while avoiding a ban or China-like crackdown. He has also reportedly stated he intends for cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin, to be treated as commodities, as the securities regulatory responsibility is the provincial matter. Pierre also says he hopes to work with provinces to alleviate the cobweb of contradictory rules, as CBC News reported. Regulators have notably been overstepping overstepping their bounds in Canada as the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa endured the shutdown of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency wallets used to fund protesters. Court orders were issued forbidding the use of funds, bank accounts were frozen, and the public watched as Canada demonstrated the lack of financial sovereignty in our existing system. Quote, Canada needs less financial control for politicians and bankers and more financial freedom for the people, said Pierre. So if you want to vote for somebody, if you just feel the need to go out and vote, get rid of Justin Trudeau, this is is probably your guy. Will he turn into a shitcoiner? Undoubtedly. But hey, for right now, he's a, a shoe with a hole in it is better than Justin Trudeau right now for the, our friends up north of the United States and Canada. Um, another note about that thing with him him being over there, at, uh, Pierre being over there at Tahini's, uh, there was a video that was circulated around this story that while he was there, he bought shawarma and he did it with Bitcoin. And I remember when I uh, interviewed the, uh, one of the owners of Tahini's, On this podcast, uh, they were not actually accepting Bitcoin at that time for products uh, for their, you know, for their food service. But apparently that has changed. Now they are accepting Bitcoin for their food. I love to see that. That That is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And judging from the way the transaction was performed, I'm guessing that it was done over the Lightning Network, although I cannot confirm that. Now, here's something that we can confirm. <clears throat> Greenpeace and the Ripple co-founder are campaigning to change Bitcoin code. We're, having, we're gonna have to do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, pull out your UASF hats. And if you don't know what UASF is, it stands for the user-activated soft fork, which was how we fixed Roger Ver's Little Red Wagon back in 2017, 2018. There was a whole bunch of people that wanted to get Bitcoin to, you know, go up, the, make a. I don't know. I think it was like they wanted it to be a two-megabyte block, and we just said no, and we're gonna have to say no again. Let's get into it. Jesse Coglin is writing it for Coin Telegraph, by the way. Uh, Greenpeace, along with other climate groups and co-founder and executive chairman of Ripple, Chris Larson, has launched a new campaign aimed at changing Bitcoin to a more environmentally friendly consensus model. The Change the Code, Not the Climate campaign, aims to pressure key industry leaders, Bitcoin miners and influencers like Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey into moving over to a new consensus model saying, quote, if only 30 people, the key miners, exchanges, and core developers who build and contribute to Bitcoin's code agreed to reinvent proof of work mining, or move to a low energy protocol, Bitcoin would stop polluting the planet, end quote. Oh God, this is is hard to read. I'm sure it's hard to hear. Greenpeace cites concerns that the energy used to mine Bitcoin comes mostly from fossil fuels and that miners are using coal waste and associated natural gas as ways to fuel their operations. Greenpeace accepted Bitcoin donations for seven years between 2014 and May of 2021 before announcing it was halting the acceptance of Bitcoin donations, citing environmental concerns. And around the same time, Tesla CEO Elon Musk stopped accepting Bitcoin payments for Tesla vehicles also. Uh, Shitcoin One, which currently relies on the same proof of work mechanism as Bitcoin, is in the final stages of a lengthy and complicated process to a new proof of stake mechanism, which is exactly what we already have, people. We already have proof of stake. It's called the United States dollar and other fiat currencies around the world. You're just going to replace it with another fiat currency. That's all shitcoin number one is. Anyway, quote, now with shitcoin one changing, Bitcoin really is the outlier, Larson said to Bloomberg in an interview published on March the 29th. Quote, some of the newer protocols, Solana and Cardano are built on low energy. He added, Larson stated that he owns Bitcoin and Ethereum and wanted to see both, both cryptocurrencies succeed, but that Bitcoin is heading down an unsustainable path. He added that if he had concerns about Bitcoin as competition for Ripple, he would let it continue. Some of the largest Bitcoin mining companies hold in excess of 5,000 BTC, upward of $237 million at current prices, and data shows that those with the most Bitcoin reserves are increasing their hash rate. Greenpeace does note this in its manifesto, saying they understand Bitcoin stakeholders have an incentive not to change as changing Bitcoin would make their expensive equipment much less valuable, meaning sunk costs or other creative solutions would have to be implemented. Chris Bendikissen is a Bitcoin researcher at CoinShares, and he was quoted in the report saying, quote, I'd put the chance of Bitcoin ever moving to POS at exactly 0%. There is no appetite among bitcoiner bitcoiners to destroy the security of the protocol by making such a move. Greenpeace did not immediately respond to a quest a request for comment. The stupidity will not stop until morale apparently is destroyed, I guess, because we are going to have to do this shit all over again. If you were not here, if you weren't here for the block size wars that started in uh, I started hearing more, uh, more and more about it uh, in 2016 than I did in 2015. But by the time we hit 2017, this shit was at a fervor pitch, man. I mean, it was just all over the place. And you know, we, it was a very stressful time. And now we've got the co-founder of Ripple teaming up with Greenpeace, which hasn't been relevant in over a fucking decade. And now they're chattering. So here's the way that this worked in 2018. <clears throat> a letter was written by a whole bunch of quote industry executives that were highly placed, and one of them was the uh, the guy that runs uh, Grayscale, Barry Silver, <clears throat> signed their name to a piece of paper that was going that basically was threatening all the Bitcoiners. That they were just going to change the code. It was just going to be done. and they they had forked it. they had forked the code, and they made some tweaks to it. And that code immediately failed upon execution. The entire chain ground to a halt because of a uh, what was it uh, a plus one error. The, the 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 math in it was wrong, so it never actually was able to execute at the block height that it was supposed to execute. It completely failed. Meanwhile, actual Bitcoin added another block in 10 minutes, and then a block after that in about 10 minutes, and a block after that in about 10 minutes. It never stops. The people that are behind this, they're not, they're not in it for you. They're not in it for the climate. They're in it because their shit coins depend on it, and Chris Larson somehow or another was able to get into the heads of Greenpeace and now they're throwing whatever weight they have left behind here. So, I think honestly this is a nothing burger in the end, but by, before we get to the end of this, we're probably going to see some pretty stressful times. Be prepared to do the following. Start making your UASF hats and sell them on the light sell them for bitcoin on the lightning network. If you're not running a node, then Get a Raspberry Pi or something like that or or like an Umbrel or something and get a node up and running and then get a Lightning node up and running. Support the network. This is what we did at UASF. This is how we won. We ran nodes. My node will never run that fork. If they come up with another fork of Bitcoin, my node is never going to run it. Ever under any circumstances, I will make sure, I will make sure that I run my node with only the proof of work consensus rules and the 21 million cap. I will never run anything else. So, <clears throat> here's another thing. At the time of the 2018 fork, or whatever we're gonna call it, that the, it turned out the, it, when 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 Roger Ver released. His own fork, right? The uh, Bitcoin Cash fork. What he did was he copied the ledger. So all of a sudden, we all ended up with an airdrop of of his, of his shitcoin. Now, at the time, the IRS really wasn't looking around, and I I really don't think that they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna backdate and start you know squashing people for the fact that they got you know, thousands of dollars of Bitcoin cash dropped on them, which has since lost almost all of its value. But now the IRS is looking and here's a problem. If they copy the code or if they fork the code and they copy the ledger and airdrop a whole bunch of proof of stake versioned Bitcoins on us, All of us have now incurred a tax liability. Who the fuck do you think I'm gonna sue for that? I'm gonna sue every single person that's involved with this. And it's not gonna be just me. This will be the first class action lawsuit. This will be like a user activated class action lawsuit soft fork, right? And we will sue the living shit out of Greenpeace and out of Chris Larson and Ripple and any of the miners that throw their name in in the ring on this and we incur a tax liability that we did not ask for now nah, going to fucking sue your ass i'm sorry that's that's the way that we're going to have to handle this i'm not going to incur a tax liability when i did not ask for said tax liability all right these people they i don't think they really truly understand what's going on now if they split the if they fork the code and they start with a brand new ledger and they airdrop all these coins on themselves well That's going to just be a clown show par excellence. Now, speaking of clown shows, the European Union proposes crackdowns on non-custodial crypto wallets. Good luck with that. Scott Cipollina, Decrypt.co. The European Union is considering a regulatory approach that will crack down on cryptocurrencies' unhosted wallets, well, those are wallets that are not held by a third-party intermediary, also known as non-custodial. Examples of a non-custodial wallet include MetaMask. That's actually not true. MetaMask is very custodial. Uh, they say it's not, but it is. Uh, wallet Connect or hardware wallets like Ledger and Trezor. The European Commission has proposed text that will oblige crypto service providers to obtain personal information from customers. Quote, in the case of a transfer of crypto assets from or to a crypto asset wallet not held by a third party known as an unhosted wallet, the crypto asset service provider or other obliged entity should obtain and retain the required originator and beneficiary information from their customer, whether originator or beneficiary. In quote, the proposed EU commission text reads, what's more, Should the service provider note that the information provided is inaccurate, incomplete, or suspicious, that it should assess a risk-sensitive basis, or sorry, it should assess on a risk-sensitive basis, whether to reject or suspend the transaction and (laughs) whether to report the transaction to the relevant financial intelligence unit. The crypto industry has responded in force since the proposal began making rounds. Coinbase's chief policy officer Fayar Shurzad tweeted that, quote, latest draft could significantly violate individual financial freedom, irreparably harm the crypto economy, and stifle the future innovation across the European Union, end quote. Simon Levelelt, a former policy analyst at the Dutch Central Bank who now focuses on crypto regulations, had much harsher words for the proposal, quote, if you want to kill privacy this is the best way to do it he told decrypt no way will this stand up over time but in 15 years time a lot of damage can still be done in quote the european parliament will vote on this language thursday March the 31st 2022 this proposal comes hot off the heels of another key european vote on proof of work blockchain technology earlier this month earlier this month eu lawmakers agreed to drop all mention of a potential POW mining ban from the Markets and Crypto Assets legislative package, a set of crypto or sorry, regulations aimed at consolidating the EU's approach to cryptocurrency. The European Parliament's Committee on Economic and Monetary Affairs rejected previous versions of this package that contained what was described as a de facto ban on proof of work cryptocurrency mining used by major cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Originally the text included a sector that called for these blockchains to meet minimum environmental sustainability standards a clause included off the back of well documented impact proof of work blockchains have on the environment no see Scott Chipolinas doing he's he's that he's the guy that hates bitcoin and is all in on the ESG narrative and he's always wrong he's wrong here again quote we think it's not a good thing we hope to have something in the legislation that would at least open the debate in our discussion on some measures that could address the environmental impact of crypto assets, an unnamed advisor close to the negotiations told Decrypt at the time. And that's going to do it for that article. And this one kind of surprised me. David Attlee is writing it for Cointelegraph. Bosnian court sides with Bitcoin miner in frozen bank account case. Italy's second-largest bank, Unicredit, and the Bitcoin mining farm Bitminer Factory have faced each other in the Bosnian city Banja Luka court, which decided that the bank improperly closed the company's account and must compensate $144 million to the plaintiff. As reported by La Republica on March the twenty-seventh, the court of Banja Luka held that a Bosnian branch of UniCredit didn't have legitimate reasons to freeze the operations of Bitminer Factory Gradiska, LLC's account. The Bitminer factory estimated its losses at 131 million euro asserting that the closure of its accounts had hindered its initial coin offering in relation to a startup project in the cryptocurrency mining sector with renewable energy in Bosnia and Herzegovina. The court accepted that number. In its defense, the Unicredit cited an inability to do business with digital currency suppliers and exchange platforms. However, according to the court's decision, this claim didn't find any confirmation in the bank's written policies. Unicredit has already filed an appeal dubbing the allegations as unfounded, quote, it is not final, nor binding, nor enforceable. Uh, Unicredit's eventual liability will only be determined upon the final outcome of all available procedural remedies and, in any event, not before the filing of a final and binding judgment by the court of appeals, end quote. The previous controversy in its relations to the digital asset has happened in January 2022 when Unicredit had officially refuted its own tweet stating that uh, it did not inhibit inhibit its customers from crypto investments or have any intention of closing their accounts on that matter. So this is gonna end up going to court again, uh, but I don't know, man, it looks pretty bad for Unicredit at this point. Uh, they, they just closed that these dudes' account. Uh, they just, cl- I mean, this is you. This is why I Bitcoin. Canada's been doing it. Italy's doing it. Honestly, at this point, I'm looking at the West. Like, we're the like, are we the baddies? Is it possible that we're the baddies? Because it's looking like we're the baddies. I hate to say it. I I wish it wasn't true, but I'm looking at the evidence, and it's like European Union and the United States and Canada—the way that that those three by themselves have been acting over the last 20, at least 10, if not 20 years—I I don't know, man. It I don't I don't I don't think that I don't think that we're acting in good faith to the population of the planet. Oh well. But Biden eyes $5 billion in 2023 revenue from applying new tax reporting rules to crypto. Jeff Benson, Decrypt.co. Ah, March 28th. Spring is in bloom. Chris Rock's cell phone is buzzing like a bee and federal agencies are ready to get pollinated with funds. But first, they need money in the form of tax revenue. United States President Potato Head Biden today submitted his budget proposal for the 2023 fiscal year in conjunction with the United States Treasury Department's revenue explanations. By the administration's estimate, the U.S. can gather roughly $11 billion in revenue over 10 years and nearly $5 billion next year alone by modernizing rules to apply certain financial accounting and reporting practices to digital assets. The Biden administration projects $6.6 billion in revenue between 2023 and 2032 tax years from applying mark-to-market rules to actively traded cryptocurrencies. Mark-to-Market is a way of appraising the value of assets that takes into account current market conditions. It stands in contrast to using the purchase price of an asset, which may be higher or lower than its fair market value. And in short, it's a way of taxing unrealized gains, which means the taxpayer is on the hook when ETH goes from $3,000 to $4,000 even if she didn't sell. Second, Uncle Uncle Sam seeks to increase revenue by requiring U.S. residents to report any holdings in offshore accounts above $50,000. Quote, the global nature of the digital asset market uh, offers opportunities for U.S. taxpayers to conceal assets and taxable income by using offshore digital asset exchanges and wallet providers, says the Treasury. It thinks it can collect $2.2 billion over the next decade by tightening this reporting requirement. Lastly, the administration wants U.S. banks and financial institutions to share information with the Internal Revenue Service about the value of holdings from non-residents and foreign owners of certain business entities. This impacts citizens and residents as well, according to the Treasury, who attempt to avoid U.S. tax reporting by creating entities through which that they can act. Writes Treasury, quote, to combat the potential for digital assets to be used for tax evasion, third-party information reporting is critical to help identify taxpayers and bolster voluntary tax compliance, quote. The administration projects $2 billion in additional revenue over 10 years from applying this measure there's one other change the administration is looking to make though it's not claiming an increase in revenue from doing so it thinks crypto loans should follow the same rules as other lending markets in which loan transfers of securities typically aren't subject to gain or loss crypto lending products have attracted customers by paying out much higher yields than banks standard interest rates though the practice has come under fire from federal and state securities regulators at this stage, the budget is just a proposal for changes that would go into effect January 1st, 2023. Over the coming six months or so, Congress and the administration will hash out the particulars. So there you go. Um, this is why if you still have, if you still have your Bitcoin or at this point, any cryptocurrency on exchanges, you better get it off now. You'd better get your coins off of any exchange that you use, and you need to do it very, very soon. If you're not comfortable with that prospect, you need to become comfortable with that prospect. So get a hardware wallet, generate your own keys, put some Bitcoin in there, and start practicing becoming comfortable with your own self-custody. Because if you don't do that, then when this when this shit goes into effect and it probably will if you've got coins on an exchange and you transfer it to your own wallet that's going to be an issue that's going to be a taxable event you need to get your shit off before this happens and honestly i i kind of wanted like my gut feeling is that this is kind of a good thing for bitcoin because It's really gonna screw over people who are quote unquote trading crypto, which you should never do. I mean, you have to be really good at it to not get your ass handed to you. But all that said, there's one takeaway from this. Get your coins off of the exchange and now we'll run the numbers. Flammable liquids getting squelched. Uh, West Texas Intermediate down 5% to $100 and 64 cents. Brent North Sea is down 5% as well, $106 and 97 cents. Natural gas is down 1.5% to $5 and 45 cents. Gasoline is down 2.76% to $3 and 13 cents a gallon. Nice, gold is down. Uh, earlier, it was actually below its $1,900 mark. It is now back up a little bit to $1,910. Silver is down 3.14% to $24.40. Platinum is down two and a half points. Copper's down scant, and palladium falling like a rock, 5.64% to the downside. Agriculture futures are getting rocked today to the downside. Wheat is the biggest loser, seven. Soybeans down two and a quarter. Corn is down four and a half. Sugar is down three and the rest are down uh, under a point. Except for uh, cocoa, which is actually having a rally to the tune of one third of a percent to the upside. Dow is going to be up uh, 0.83%. S&P up 0.72%. NASDAQ up 1%. S&P up 1.4% real money having a better day, $47,759. Uh, 300,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours, that's 12,500 transactions every hour on the hour with 1.08 million BTC being sent in that time period. That's 45,373 BTC changing hands in 24 hours. 3.63 BTC is the average transaction value. 0.014 BTC is the median transaction value. That's about 650 bucks. Block times are hideously low, eight minutes and 28 seconds uh, 0.062 BTC taken in fees in the, uh, for on a per block basis, 10.62 BTC taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. And with a 17.4% rise in hash rate, we are up to 217.37 exahashes hashes per second. And your shitcoin indicator is doge. And it's, it's alive and well, although it shouldn't be 14.7 United States pennies yikes 2176 transactions waiting on two blocks to clear 906.4 billion dollars is the current market cap of bitcoin which is 7.2 percent of gold's entire market cap And if you so choose, you may buy 25 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 18,997,073. And 3,594 of those are in the Lightning Network, valued at $171.5 million, being run over 19,750 nodes, sporting 84,833 payment channels that we know about, and 75% of all of it's being run over Tor, and it's associated 11,672 Tor nodes, or at least the ones that we know about. That's gonna do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Mike Hobart starts us off this segment with Bitcoin, or from Bitcoin Magazine with, uh, oh, actually, no, I want—I don't wanna do that one first. I wanna do this one first. Joseph Hall from Cointelegraph. The Bitcoin shitcoin machine mining BTC with biogas. This will be the third time that I've talked about using biogas for mining Bitcoin, but it's honestly, it's, it's just cool as shit. And you're gonna see more and more and more of this kind of thing as time goes on, even with the idiots at Greenpeace and Ripple. Uh, next time somebody tries to poo-poo the renewable credentials of Bitcoin mining, remember Amity Age Mining Farm. Founded by Gabriel Kozak and Dusan Matuska, the Bitcoin mining facility uses human and animal waste to generate electricity for mining. Matuska, the man who met Satoshi Nakamoto, (laughs) told Cointelegraph that methane from biodegradation processes run our machines. As human and animal waste isn't running out anytime soon, their BTC mining process is both environmentally friendly and renewable. According to Tuska, using renewable energy, such as biogas, shows that we can really accelerate the adoption of these renewables and make their return on investment higher in the end, while also being a cheap source of energy. An ecologically sound and low cost way of generating electricity, biogas electricity plants convert waste into methane gas due to a fermentation process. That gas is then burned as fuel. Matt Loshtra, co-founder of Giga Energy, a natural gas Bitcoin miner in Texas, told Cointelegraph that finding cheap energy for Bitcoin mining quickly is the largest issue. All the low hanging fruit is being plucked away. Matuska added that the situation with energy in Europe changed dramatically in November with a huge price increasing together with a conflict around the corner. As Latosh alludes, turning a profit with Bitcoin mining can be tricky, which keeps Matuska both busy and worried. However, an eternal eternal optimist, Matuska also told Cointelegraph, The most exciting part about Bitcoin mining is knowing that we are all like Bitcoin security guys, helping just a little with our hash rate. We are still helping to protect the network, end quote. Matuska adds that the overall environmental footprint is pretty low for their plant and that one of the excesses is mostly excessive heat. If he is looking for ideas for the excessive heat, look no further than the creative Bitcoin mining community, which uses Bitcoin mining heat to warm camper vans, grow flowers in the Netherlands, and dry out timber <clears throat> from logging in Norway. Matuska definitely recommends that more and more curious Bitcoiners get into Bitcoin mining. Quote, You can gain a lot of useful knowledge while setting up your first miner. No need to earn a lot, but the experience is worth the fortune. End quote. For those interested in getting into Bitcoin mining at home, while the process used to be be complicated and costly, solo mining is making a comeback. Compass Mining, the pioneers of Bitcoin mining at home, launched direct-to-consumer hardware sales in late 2021. The CEO of Compass, Whit Gibbs, toll coin telegraph the bitcoin miners are some of the biggest have some of the biggest bitcoin bills he illustrates the point quote you could buy $10,000 worth of bitcoin or you can buy an asic bitcoin mining machine knowing full well that it should return the initial investment over a 12 to 14 month period he concludes quote you have to be bullish on bitcoin to believe that you're going to see that return in a timely manner as opposed to just buying that amount of bitcoin outright so there you go okay uh, biogas, again, it's going to be an interesting future because this is just not going to stop. This latest attack from the guys over at Ripple and Greenpeace, while it will go away, it's still an attack. And even though that one is going to go away, it's going to sap our energy. We're going to have to work hard to make sure that people understand that these are liars and they're fraudsters and they should all be in jail or, or at least thrown off a bridge wearing cement sneakers. Um, but that's not the last attack. Anything will be attacked that cannot be controlled. I have, I have just finally come to the realization that there are two types of, of people. Most of us are human beings and the rest of them are demons i can't say it in any other way they have caused nothing but hell on earth for as long as 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 long as human beings have been in existence they hate you the demons hate the humans and the humans don't really. I don't think we we really. Most of us really don't know about the demons because we keep getting flooded with media, which guess what, is owned by the same demons. It's just it goes on and on and on. So even though we can do things like help the environment by using biogas we can help the environment by using, you know, Bitcoin mining off of natural gas fields. And that methane won't get into the atmosphere because that's a hundred times worth than, you know, apparently the damage that CO2 is doing. All the, the nature of all of these things is very, very decentralized and only Bitcoin mining can take advantage of it to its fullest extent. However, Bitcoin carries with it the property, not only of decentralization and really coming into its own in, in places that, or, or in situations that really move it towards decentralization. The fact of the matter is that the token of value, the Bitcoin itself, it can't be stopped you will see more demons come out of the woodwork. You will be able to identify who the demons are by anybody who goes up against Bitcoin because they hate you. They hate your family. They hate you having money and they hate you being able to make decisions for yourself. Anybody that comes up to you that displays those qualities, are the people that you should not give time to, you should not listen to, you should not, if you do listen to them for whatever reason, you certainly shouldn't believe a single word that comes out of their mouth. The time is upon us where we will recognize all the demons and we will just starve them of attention. Once you can identify them, then starve them of attention. Like that bitch slap thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars. I didn't even know the Oscars was going on. The only reason I knew about the Oscars at all this year is because of the meme of the bitch slap. And if I honestly, I haven't even seen footage of it, but I'll bet you it was scripted because both Will Smith and Chris Rock really haven't been heard from in a while, have they? And the Oscars were losing viewers hand over fist. That whole, that whole establishment is, is a room full of the demons. I'm, I I used to like Will Smith, but he, he's just, yeah. Demons versus humans. It's a video game coming to a theater near you. Grayscale is considering flipping the script and wanting to sue the SEC over the Bitcoin ETF. Jeff Benson, Decrypt.co, Crypto investment firm Grayscale has been working for the better part of a year to convert its Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which has over $28.5 billion in assets under management, into a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund, or an ETF. Standing in its way, however, is the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, which has yet to approve any crypto-backed spot ETF for American investors. With the agency set to make a decision by July the 6th, CEO Michael Shonin... Sonnenschein, I think, would consider suing the agency if the application is rejected. He told Bloomberg in response to a question about the potential lawsuit, quote, I think all options are on the table, end quote. The grayscale Bitcoin trust allows private investors to buy shares in a pool of Bitcoin so that they can gain some price exposure to the asset without having to worry about custody. It can also have certain tax benefits compared to direct investments, into Bitcoin, but it also has downsides, including six month lockup periods for accredited investors and pullouts can cause the price to fluctuate. While GBTC is meant to trade fairly closely to the actual price of BTC, it's currently trading at a 26% discount. That means it's much cheaper to buy than actual Bitcoin, which is good for those looking to get in, but not so good for investors whose shares are locked up. Exchange traded funds differ. They are financial instruments tied to another asset or basket of assets. And because they trade just like company stocks, the price of a Bitcoin ETF should trade very closely to actual BTC. If so, GBTC investors would be in for a nice payday. A Bitcoin ETF is the holy grail for crypto investing firms as it would come with fewer fees for investors, could easily integrate into retirement portfolios, and would still allow everyday users price exposure to Bitcoin without concerning themselves with custody. But the SEC has denied a long list of crypto ETF applicants, among them the Winklevi, Bitwise, and Van Eck. Only in the last year has it allowed Bitcoin Futures ETFs, which track the price of the price not of BTC, but of BTC futures products. Bitcoin futures are contracts between traders to buy or sell an asset if the price of the cryptocurrency reaches a certain level by a specific date futures markets indicate which direction traders think the price is going while spot markets show what the asset currently sells at. The SEC's reasoning for allowing Bitcoin futures ETFs while denying Bitcoin spot ETFs is related to the fact that its sister agency, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, has regulatory oversight over derivatives exchanges. Neither agency has much in the way of regulatory power over the trading of Bitcoin. While Sonnenschein called the adoption of Bitcoin futures ETFs exciting, he says people are itching for more options. There's actually now over 800,000 accounts in the United States all waiting patiently to have it convert into an ETF. He added, it's a matter of when, not a matter of if a spot Bitcoin ETF is approved. Yeah, I agree with that. And they're, we're, at this point, we need the uh, spot ETF to balance the idiocy of the futures ETF. And that's all I'll say about that. What else we got on the list here? Uh, let's do this one. Terra Luna. I'm not sure about this, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's a shit coin. But it's an interesting shit coin, not because of the technology. It's interesting only in so far that they're backing it with Bitcoin. Let's... Let's try to figure this one out with Yasha Gola from Cointelegraph. Terra Luna hits new all-time highs after 100% rebound from 2022 lows is a correction ahead. Well, I don't give a shit. I want to find more out about what's going on with BTC here. Terra Luna rose to its best level to date on March the 29th as the Luna Foundation Guard, or LFG, also known as let's fucking go, plans to increase its Bitcoin reserves eased anxiety about the impact of an increasingly hawkish Federal Reserve in the ongoing Ukraine-Russian war on crypto markets. Luna's price breached above the previous record high of $106.29 by minuscule margins, reversing the, large, uh, the uh, losses incurred during the sell-off between December 2021 and January 2022. The latest price rally pushed Terra's token net capitalization Uh, across $37.17 billion, now making up 1.76% of the entire crypto market compared to the 0.39% at the beginning of the year. Uh, Bitcoin wallets associated with LFG, a nonprofit spearheaded by Terra's creator, Quan, saw an inflow of 8,000, or no, 2,830 BTC worth $135 million on Monday. The influx occurred as part of LFG's Bitcoin accumulation spree following a community proposal that suggested to use BTC as collateral to provide deep liquidity at a discount when the UST peg is under pressure. UST is the Terra's uh, decentralized stablecoin, otherwise collateralized by the blockchain's native cryptocurrency, Luna. Luna. As such, Terra's economy supports the burning of Luna tokens to mint more UST units as a strategy to maintain the latter's dollar peg. LFG has outlined plans to boost its Bitcoin reserves to $3 billion with a long-term strategy to swell the pool to $10 billion. In a theory, uh, that could lead to an increase in demand for UST, thereby forcing more Luna tokens out of active supply permanently. From a technical perspective, Luna faces the prospect of undergoing a 50% price correction in the coming weeks, though this may not necessarily hurt the bullish long-term outlook. In detail, the Terra token has been consolidating inside what appears an ascending channel, a continuation pattern that appears after the price fluctuates inside a range defined by an upper horizontal and a lower rising trend line. In a perfect scenario, the setup resolves with a breakout in the direction of the asset's previous trend, rising by as much as a maximum distance between the channel's upper and lower trend line. And as a result, Luna's price could rise towards $425 in 2022 as shown in the chart below. And I'm just gonna stop right there because they're going into deep shitcoin uh, uh, talk right there. and We don't need it. O- okay, so you got you got your native token Luna and then you put out a new token, the UST, and you're gonna burn Luna to increase UST and you're backing the whole thing with Bitcoin? I, I just don't see this as anything other than a shitcoin. Can somebody please tell me why people are interested in Luna. Is it just because they're buying Bitcoin? Because if it's that easy to market your shitcoin, everybody's gonna start buying Bitcoin is Is that good for Bitcoin? Honestly, I don't know. I get so confused. There are sixteen thousand shit coins in existence. That's right. Sixteen thousand shit coins have popped up after Bitcoin. It's so it's sometimes I get really distressed by it all, but we have other fish to fry. Let's see about this one. Mike Hobart from Bitcoin Magazine. Great American mining is solving our global energy problems with Bitcoin. It's official. Bitcoin is too big to ignore. In a geopolitical environment where global superpowers are looking for some answer to Bitcoin, whether it is attempting to ban proof of work protocols outright or positioning to incentivize coordinated efforts to improve understanding, this much is clear. Bitcoin is a serious topic, and the world's leaders are now in the position where they can't afford to not understand it. Gone are the days of brushing the Bitcoin topic aside as something for hackers, hobbyists, or criminals. Developments over the past four years have produced a strong argument that Bitcoin is shrugging off death for the umpteenth time and that it will not be going away. And among all of these developments, perhaps Bitcoin's growing role in the oil and gas industry is the biggest indicator that it has an undeniable place in the most foundational aspects of our society. Recently, I was invited by the Great American Mining Team to visit one of their Bitcoin mining sites in North Dakota, given the opportunity to see firsthand what this symbiotic relationship of energy markets and Bitcoin mining really looks like. Uh, Let me tell you, they did not disappoint. While the whole of the world panicked around the spread of a virus that was accompanied by an attempted pause of entire economies and energy markets felt logistical nightmares in shipping and saw a boom in costs, while simultaneously there has been growing hysteria around Bitcoin's energy consumption. Great American mining has embodied one of the Bitcoin community's favorite mottos, stay humble, stack sats. Well, in GAM's case, I would reword this to stay humble, stack racks. Racks and racks of ASIC miners. GAM is an American Bitcoin mining company that aims to provide a solution to oil and gas fields that have stranded energy that cannot be brought to market. You see, part of the process of pumping oil out of the earth comes with many complex issues. It's not like the oil just exists in a perfect solution beneath the surface that is ready for immediate use. The associated Expense with extracting oil has resulted in significant flaring of natural gas in North Dakota. This has led to flaring throughout the Williston Basin, among other places. GAM has been devising a strategy that allows for a plug-and-play option for oil wells that are flaring natural gas. No need to wait for government subsidies. Bitcoin miners have a built-in incentive to solve this environmental problem. Instead of burning the natural gas with zero return potential, GAM offers a solution that is nice and simple for the wells by providing trailer-mounted miners, let's call them TRAMs for short, that can be rapidly deployed on-site and accompanied by generators that get tied into the natural gas. Once operation ready, the generators are set to an economic consumption rate so that the bitcoin miners can operate as close to 100 percent of the time with as little maintenance and tweaking as possible both on the generator side as well on the min- as well as on the mining rack side what was really awe-inspiring to me was well really there were a few things that inspired awe for me firstly the design of the trams is done in-house Not only are they capable of housing 150 to 300 Bitcoin mining rigs per individual tram, but they come complete with an automated system that manages the temperatures of the miners. If it gets too hot, the exhaust vents, it's just hot air environmentalists need not panic and automatically open or close to allow uh, heat to leave the container. The second thing was my discussion with Wes Sellner, GAM's director of operations. Quote, North Dakota's gas gathering and processing infrastructure cannot keep up with the natural gas production or keep pace with the booms and busts of the oil and gas industry, according to Sellner. This means these operations can produce oil and ship it faster than consumers can make use of the byproducts that are stranded, which is a dynamic that has also backed up by both a report from 2014 of North Dakota's strong potential production capacity into the future, as well as a report from the Industrial Commission of the State of North Dakota's hearing aimed at explaining the reduction of gas flaring in the state. And that was well before the curveball that was thrown to the oil and gas industry with activities in Western Russia. Thirdly, I was inspired by GAM's growth. In December of 2019, GAM had one tram operational, then, heading into the lockdowns, it kept its head down and worked on refining and perfecting its trailers and growing its fleet to three just one year later by January 2021. A global pandemic and the halting of economics uh, economies clearly did little to stymie ambitions of Bitcoiners. By February 2022, 13 months later, its fleet now numbers 27 fully deployed trams in total. With its mining rigs operational at 12 different sites across North Dakota, that's just over 20 megawatts of hash rate. According to the company, GAM is currently able to produce four new units per month and is working on an expansion to its manufacturing facility to scale this up to 12 12 per month by the fall of this year. And now for the really, really exciting part, consider the current landscape we find ourselves in. Fossil fuels have been demonized aggressively over the past 10 years at least. The US sanctioned Russian oil, while the EU struggles to figure out what to do as Russia was its largest fossil fuel provider. Meanwhile, India is forced by circumstances to buy discounted Russian crude. The United States has found itself having to aggressively rethink domestic oil and gas production in conjunction with its northern neighbors in Canada. As noted, natural gas is a, con- a consistent byproduct of oil production, and GAM is providing there is proving there is high demand for its product in the state of North Dakota. GAM provides an opportunity for oil producers to monetize their gas flaring instead of just lighting money on fire, as Selner likes to put it. North Dakota's oil producers can't flare their gas fast enough to meet oil demand. The demand for this strong synergistic pairing of fossil fuels and Bitcoin mining has plenty of running room without ramped up domestic production. The future looks pretty bright for this young company. While most of the world still attacks Bitcoin mining's implied environmental damage, this company and others like it are quietly solving massive energy and environmental problems that will only continue as our need for oil and energy grows. All right, so that's the end of the report or the end of the story. But I want to go back to to this uh, this notion that you they can't flare gas fast enough to be able to get the oil out of the ground. The, it's the oil that we really, really need. Natural gas. I mean, it's too bad that we don't have a very large network of you know connected network of pipelines to be able to scavenge all the natural gas because you can run a whole bunch of stuff on it and it's cheap. But in, this, in, in the, the environment that we find ourselves in, because of all the regulations on it, we can't get rid of enough natural gas fast enough to be able to pull enough oil out of the ground to actually meet the demand of oil. So natural gas is now a limiting factor. In chemistry, we called it a limiting reagent. Natural gas, because of its abundance, because of its abundance, is slowing oil production. It's kind of amazing, and Bitcoin fixes this. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right, as we finish up here, I just want to uh, talk a little bit about Alby, A-L-B-Y. That is, you can go to getalby.com, getalby.com, and look see what they've got going on. Um, It's it's interesting, and I'm not going to get into exactly what it does. I want you to go read it for yourself. It involves lightning. Clearly, it's Bitcoin. It's neat. Don't miss out. Go check out Alby.